Welcome to All Electric Conversations, where we talk with pioneers in traveling with electric vehicles. We're your hosts, Katie and Steve Krivolovic of the All Electric family. From road trips and towing to daily life, we'll hear stories of wanderlust and progress to inspire your own adventures with All Electric Conversations. Welcome to another All Electric Conversations podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Steve. And we're from the All Electric family. Yeah, we like to hop on these podcasts and just talk either about current events, what the, what's going on in our life, or even just the state of electric vehicles. Uh, we've also talked about, yeah, basically electric vehicles. And so today we're going to talk about are big batteried vehicles necessary? Yes. Are they worth it? Should they be made? Is it a thing? So we're going to dive into that and talk about some of those big battery vehicles. So we're talking like Hummer EVs, Lightnings, even the the Rivians um, are a pretty big battery vehicle. So are they worth it? Yeah, we should come up with some names like big battery and then the Hummer EV. Jumbo battery. battery. (laughs) So... So when we're talking big batteries, we're talking, you know, over that 100 kilowatt yeah. or your Model S, your Model X, uh, those are roughly about 100. And then you get into the Model 3, uh, Model Y, those are going to be 80s, I think, 70s, yeah. something like that. And the ID, um, what is ID4? I can't remember. The Volkswagen vehicles are, I think, 60 and 70. Yeah. Um, I think 70s and then... You know, the new ID7 is going to be roughly that 70-something. So those are the s- smaller batteries. The Bolt's a 60. Um, and I know I'm getting some of the... I'm just generalizing. I'm not trying to be specific on... Generous. So this so, is what they are, yeah. So we're talking, you know, the Lightning and the R1T are in the 120s. You know, yeah. and 25 a usable battery pack in the R1T, 128, a usable battery pack in the uh, Lightning, and then you're talking the uh, Hummer EV, which is 100 kilowatts, roughly 100 kilowatts more, than, kilowatt hours more than that at 212 usable batteries. Such a huge battery. So <laughs> is that necessary? And, you know, th- that's a hard thing to... to no, a hundred percent. But we're just going to talk about our uh, what we think and yeah, our experiences with EVs and if you need um, that much battery and the efficiency and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think I started on the last podcast. So you start with your opinion first. Like, first off, do you think that they are necessary? Do you think we have to have vehicles out there with that big of a battery? So. In a sense of always having a bigery, b- bigery, a big battery pack. Necessary, probably not. In certain use cases, um, they are nice to have, though. It's just like a gasoline vehicle. It's nice to have a very large, you know, gas tank. <clears throat> but necessary, that that's a hard thing for me to overcome and say completely yes to. And so there are a lot of benefits to it and uh, a lot of wants that I think will be nice. Uh, but 
But I mean, you're also, when you're talking about the vehicles that have those big battery packs, the Lightning, the Rivian, the Hummer, they're really inefficient vehicles. So even though you have a bigger battery, you're not necessarily gaining a whole lot of range, you know? So it's, it's, uh, a little bit different in a, in a, you know, gas tank type of way, but, um, it's, you know, if you, if you add on an extra, you know, auxiliary tank or whatever and make it bigger and get more miles or whatnot, um, which you could do, you know, if you continue to add more and more battery or whatever, but it's, it's, uh, it's crazy how inefficient those vehicles are as well. But I guess, you know, when you're talking your big, you know, Ram 3500 or whatever, that's not a very efficient vehicle either. So no, I, uh, you know, when you're alluding to the efficiency, you're, you're comparing a car yeah. you know, that has a smaller battery pack that's going to get a lot better efficiency than the current vehicles we have that are relatively inefficient, but that's the same side of, you know, gas and diesel too. The bigger yeah. they get, the less aerodynamic they are. And, and so they're less efficient. And so, you know, I, yeah, I think to a certain extent, uh, a bigger battery pack is necessary. There's, yeah. you know, if you would have stuck a bolt battery in the Hummer EV, I mean, the go thing, five miles. Yeah, would <laughs> I think if I can figure that out correctly, like it it would have went roughly about eighty miles, you mm. know, but that's seventy miles, something like that, <clears throat> and. uh then it would have taken forever to charge up, just like the bolts do. And so that's kind of the other side of it, too. As you get into larger battery packs, you should be able to cram more energy into it uh, a lot faster. And so then your efficiencies on road trips are going to become closer to a car because a car has a smaller battery pack, so it can't charge quite as much and i know some people are going to call me out on that with some of these uh batteries that are in teslas um they can charge fairly quickly but you know in general is what i'm talking about you know you have a larger battery pack you can put more kilowatts you can have a higher uh rate of charge to get more energy in there since it's a more inefficient vehicle that at least the charging should be more efficient. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think in general I agree that, you know, I don't know that there's a point where we say that they're necessary. But I think that right now in our shift to moving to electric vehicles is that right now they're probably currently more necessary than they will be in the future. Because for a couple reasons, one, the charging and such, we don't, the, the infrastructure is not on every corner. It's not as accessible as it would need to be. Um, and in the future, that's going to improve and it's going to get better. And the other piece of that puzzle is, is that we love big vehicles here in the United States. We love our giant SUVs, our huge trucks. We like big vehicles and to make the switch to EVs happen and to have people want to buy the EVs that they're putting out there, they're going to have to produce these big, massive vehicles so that people will make the transition. 
And then you have to have the big giant battery packs in those vehicles just simply because they are so inefficient. I mean, so we've had the Hummer now for two weeks, a week, two weeks. How long has it been? Um, two weeks. And I mean, it's gets what one point. I mean, it's like we're towing <laughs> in it's anything else. Or to one point. Yeah, one point miles per kilowatt hour. Yeah, and so granted, that, we're not being nice to it. No, we're, we're we uh, you know using the watts to freedom whenever we get get the the chance. But you know, so I think that right now, like, I think it's necessary to help with the transition and the switch, and also in the future, hopefully. The technology will be there to help, you know, either reduce the size of the battery through aerodynamics or whatever the case is, or we figure out some other way to make the car more efficient itself so we don't have to have as big of a battery pack. But, you know, I think you just have to have these big giant vehicles. And with the technology that we have right now, that's going to equate to a big giant battery pack. Yeah, currently they're not putting heat pumps in vehicles. Uh, once again, I know some are, but uh, not, <laughs> not the everybody. Ones, not yeah, the, not the bigger vehicles, and so that requires a bigger battery pack because it's not as efficient. You know, all these sorts of things. So you're probably right. In in uh, honestly, to get that transition, I do agree with that. That pe- people in America love their giant vehicles. I mean, <clears throat> I hate to say it. I do too. Yeah, yeah. So. I will not deny that I like. I love a big giant F three fifty. Those things are such good looking trucks. We had a black one. Man, I loved yeah. that thing. Huge, giant. I love it. So I think that you know having a ne- the word necessary is hard for me to yeah overcome because a lot of this stuff isn't necessary. No, it's not necessary for us to have an F-350. It's not necessary for us to have an RV. No. Like, it's not... There's There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, So, (laughs) these are all wants. Yeah. And so, you know, along that lines, like, you know, the fact that one of these battery packs, either in the R1T or the Ford Lightning, could produce two other vehicles, you know, that, you know... that's hard to overcome, but you also you need this transition in these larger vehicles too. So to get more uh, people to adopt it, and then you look at the Hummer EB battery pack, and I mean you can create, I think it's like three and a half bolts. Yeah, yeah, like it's <laughs> crazy. So uh, depending upon the actual battery size, it goes anywhere from two hundred and twenty kilowatt hours to 240 so if it's at 240 you could produce four bolts yeah that's crazy so they have to balance that and i think that that's honestly why they're not building very many um you know that they say they have a long line of people waiting for it and yeah yeah but it it probably honestly they're probably losing money on these vehicles and you know that so but it's that wow factor, right? It's it is. the it's the get people to fall in love with it and and say, well, that car's so cool. Maybe I'll look at this smaller EV that you know fits my lifestyle, 
and I'll get that and I'll try it out and see if I like it because the Hummer EV is so cool or because the Lightning is so cool or whatever vehicle that you're looking at with these big giant battery packs. And, you know, those vehicles do have a lot of cool features in it and you can tell that they're trying to bring people in with the cool features, things like the crab walk in the Hummer EV or the pro power on board with the um, Ford Lightning, um, the Rivian being the fastest production pickup truck that, you know, ever made. Like, you can tell that they're trying to bring people into these, to, to this realm with the cool features of those big battery pack vehicles. Yeah, all of it. Well, off the Hummer EV off-roading, the Rivian off-roading, the Lightning isn't really off-roading, but, I mean, the big giant frunk, the, you know, uh, there's still a lot of cool features within the Lightning, so. I, yeah, I'll still go back to the, the Ford Lightning being the, I think, the most necessary vehicle yeah. for electrification, in my eyes. Yeah. So, these other ones. Well, all of the, the name brand pickup trucks in you know, because now we're getting into like the Silverado EV and stuff like the because everybody's got their brands that they're not, not everybody, but a lot of people have their brands they're loyal to. Right. So these trucks coming out and being um, and being from the brands that people love and being a, you know, light duty truck that people are, you know, driving around every day anyway. I think those are really important. Yeah, they're important, but they're they're not quite the Lightning in my eyes. The Lightning is basically an F-150 that's electrified. Yes. And so it makes that truck way better than F-150. When you're looking at these other vehicles that are coming out, the Silverado, the Sierra, uh, uh, Denali, all those uh, trucks on the Chevy GM side, they are different looking they are they, they're more aerodynamic yeah and so they're more like a rivian uh type of aerodynamic and and so i i do think that there's going to be a little bit of a you know resistance just with that in my eyes yeah uh, the bed is a little bit smaller yeah like true things so that's true it is going to have a giant battery pack in it. yeah and still so i think it'll i think what we're seeing is uh, close to that 200 i think it's like 180 i think it's going to be similar to the hummer suv that um supposedly is being produced um yeah at that 180 kilowatt hours and so you know um, maybe that's going to be the sweet spot of where it needs to be so you can get up over 400 miles of range. Um, yeah, I think range is huge. Yeah. For people, you know, I think, um, yeah, range. But to that point as well, when the technology improves and you can stop for, you know, five or 10 minutes and get your battery charged up and then you're on the road and ready to go, especially if you have a smaller battery pack. Do you think there'll be a shift back to smaller size batteries if we can charge those smaller batteries quickly? So then you make a short, quick stop and then you're on your way. Or do you think that people are going to continue to want to, even though in all reality, you know, people can can jump on their keyboards and be like, I go 600 miles without stopping. <laughs> but in reality, most people are not going that far without stopping, right? They're probably going maybe 200 miles, especially if you have kids before you stop. So are people going to hang on to that wanting to be able to go so many hundreds of miles without stopping? And so we're going to have to keep the bigger battery packs 
or you know do we get into the electric vehicles we figure out oh hey that's not so bad to stop every once in a while and then we get to make the shift down to a smaller battery pack and stopping more often once the infrastructure's there um i i think that there's gonna be all kinds yeah you know we were willing to make the change um which we were definitely a family that well me that <laughs> Wanted to go as far as possible, uh, stay on the road as long as possible, get there as quickly yeah. as possible. I mean, to the point where he would get frustrated with me when I would be like, "I, sorry, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, you know, he would be like, ah, fine, you know, you could just, he would always do it, but you could always tell he was annoyed that we were having to stop, so. <laughs> yeah, so, this is what it is. It's okay to be frustrated. No, no, I'm not, I'm saying like, I'm just saying we really were, well, you really were that person that did not want to stop. And then once we made the switch, it was like, oh, hey, actually, it's kind of nice to take a break and get out of the car. It's nice to take a break. And plus, I love the technology of electric vehicles. Yeah. And I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit on road trips. And so, like I've said over and over, you know, the... The average family only goes like 250 miles on one road trip a year, the average yeah. family. And so when that's the case, like I can come up with an argument where, you know, you don't need a giant bat ever. Yeah. You know, unless if you're towing or something like that, which there are, you know, some people that do that. But what we're doing isn't. Yeah, what everybody's doing yeah. too. So yeah, I mean, how many people do we know, like, in our like dance community of our yeah. kids that actually have campers? Yeah. So two or three out of twenty per more. Uh, compared to the average person, <clears throat> excuse me. Compared to the average person, we are taking more road trips, significantly more significantly. road trips than the average family towing significantly more than the average truck owner um yeah i mean so we're we're using our vehicles a lot and they are bigger battery pack vehicles um so because you know, of towing. because of towing because of road more because of towing not necessarily the road trip yeah. i think we'd be fine with a, a smaller like truck pack yeah you know um why yeah and so it's I, you know, we're not to the point where it's not necessary yet. You know what I mean? And hopefully in the future we will be. And, you know, we're also big on the fact that there are going to be things that an electric vehicle will not be able to handle. Do I think that there will be able to be electric semis? Yes, I do. I think that that's going to be something that will be able to be electrified. But some of the heavier duty equipment and stuff like that, like, you're not going to get away from fully having, you know, gas vehicles and stuff. So, um, because I think you start to get to the point where the battery packs have to be too big to make it worth it. And, you know, maybe that changes in the future, but, you know. Well, yeah, it all comes down to, like, energy density and, yeah. you know, a battery pack. If they're And they do have technology where they can cram. We had Corey Steuben on, who yeah. is, you know obviously highly intelligent he was talking about that you know but now the ones that are highly dense or you can have a higher c rate and maybe more for for performance they're super expensive yes yeah and so 
like th- that type of chemistry and all that put together, like maybe the cost of that comes down. Maybe they figure out a cheaper material rather than titanium or titanate or whatever it is that uh, costs a lot of money. Maybe either one, they find a ton of that or, you know, they find a different material that does the same thing and it's lighter and it uh, has a higher performance. So then we're able to put these batteries into regular vehicles. And then, yeah, it's going to, I think it'll, it'll make it easier to have these smaller batteries uh, in smaller vehicles. They're going to weigh less. They're going to cause less uh, issues like with weight on the road and stuff like that. Like, it's just going to make things a lot easier, but you know, at the, at the current stage, you know, you, you have a, a Hummer EV with a giant battery pack that weighs, I think, I think it was Corey that said it was over 3000 pounds. I think it was like 35, 37, just the battery, yeah. just the battery. So that's, you know, very significant. Yeah. <clears throat> when you're talking about that. that, that's as much as a lot of cars weigh. The entire vehicle. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, once that cost of those come down, um, you know, but you're, you'll see this transition where the cost of the batteries come down, the current ones, because they get manufacturing ramped up, they get all their processes down, all that stuff. And then you're going to introduce some other ones, and then they're going to start to slowly work down, you know. Th- I don't think you're going to, maybe you will, I hope we do, where you find this magical, you know, chemistry or battery um, that is cheap. When we get to Mars. You know, (laughs) so, you know, that's, that's it. I know people want to talk about, I want to switch a little bit, the Cybertruck. Oh, yeah. Like, is it going to be necessary? How big is a battery pack going to be in the Cybertruck or have to be to obtain 500 plus miles? Well, I think that they are aiming for obviously a more aerodynamic design with the Cybertruck. Like it's still a big beast, but with that angle, they're taking it. So it's not, you know, the Hummer or the F one fit the Lightning or even the Rivian, they have some pretty flat faces. Hummers, yeah, the Hummers just all all flat. So obviously, with that angle, they're aiming for a more aerodynamic design, so that it it's doesn't have to have as big of a battery pack. But I still think that you're gonna be, I mean, at least as big as the Rivian or. Um, to obtain well no to get to obtain 500 i forget 500 i mean like, i aim i'm like the 300 miles again but no i mean i think you're gonna have to have a battery pack that's almost the size of the hummers at, at least to get it what do you think i mean you're better at that stuff i get it so the no it'll have to be as in my eyes like it'll have to be as big as the um as big as the hummer yeah you know when you're talking you know, if it's two miles per kilowatt hour and it's a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack, that equals 400 miles. Yeah. So it's going to have to be more efficient than, you know, if it's two and a half, then you're talking 600 miles at a 200, uh, you know, 200 kilowatt hour battery pack. So, you know, it's going to have to be in the efficiency of, 
2.25 or roughly something like that at 200 kilowatt hours. I mean, but Tesla Tesla is good at making efficient vehicles. You know, that their vehicles are aerodynamic yeah. and efficient and like uh-huh. they are really good at that, so I'll be interested to see like what they do with this big massive cyber truck then and how efficient they were able to make it. Yeah, I I am super excited about that. Yeah. Well, and the even the the weight, the load capacity, I know that this is off topic off of the batteries, but to be able to be, I mean, it's a heavy-duty truck if they come out with the specs that they said that they were going to, which, you know, as far as talking about big vehicles and big battery packs, I think that's a huge step forward for electrification is having a heavy-duty pickup truck, you know, because... There's a lot of people that, well, it can't tow my 20,000-pound camper or whatever it is. And I can't remember what they said that the Cybertruck was going to be. But the payload capacity of it was, at what, like 3,000 pounds or something? So, yeah, I think. I think it was like a 14,000-pound tow yeah. capacity, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, it, the whole payload capacity will be interesting. I it depends if Tesla is going to be like every other car manufacturer and say the payload is way more than the actual payload on the vehicle because you get these vehicles and you check the door jam and it's a lot of times a lot lower. I mean, we had a Ram 2500 diesel truck and what were they saying that it was going to be like 3,500 pounds? Yeah, so we did all of the research on this thing and I mean, I spent hours because we wanted to get a fifth wheel camp- camper at the time. And all the spec sheets said that the lowest, even specced out, like we were looking at, was like 2,000 pounds or something like that. No, not like 2,500, I think. It, w- it was because when we got it, we were shocked. And, and then, so it was uh, 1,800 pound payload capacity. 1,300. Uh, uh, yeah, on a Ram 2,500. 1,300. So uh, mind-boggling. Yeah. And and then we called Ram to talk to him about it. And they're like, we don't make a Ram 2500 with that payload capacity. I'm like, well, it's sitting in my driveway. So you want to come tell me what's wrong with this picture? But I digress. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to, to see if like when they come out and then, you know, if they take, you know, did they add on the power, uh, the power tailgate? Uh, not power tailgate, what's the word that I'm looking for? The power tonneau cover when they were saying payload capacity. Are they going to have to minus that? Because those power uh, tonneau covers weigh a lot to put in. So, you know, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, because I think that that's going to have to be a hard conversation too with payload capacity in these uh, large battery packs because what they're rating these things at are, I mean... There's next to nothing for payload yeah. in a lot of these vehicles. And so, especially if you get them loaded up, like Katie was saying, with uh, any sort of extras on it, it just adds weight. And by the time we even get our family and our family stuff in it, we're probably at standalone. Yeah. Um, I would am kind of interested in the Hummer EV. I think the Hummer EV is maxed out payload before I even get in it. Yeah. We're, we're going to, we want to take that one to the scale just for, for curiosity and but again so the, the we're, we're going off but it's it has to do with the big giant battery packs because it's the trucks and stuff but 
do you think they're going to have to start coming out with like different rules and regulations for EVs as far as like payload capacities and towing capacities and what they can handle just because of how different an EV handles going down the road? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the fact that, you know, we can tow a 7,500 pound trailer down the road and not even feel it behind yeah. us and you you do that same thing yeah you do that in the lightning or the rivian you don't feel it behind you but you do that same thing in a f-150 and you feel it back there a yeah lot. it's nerve-wracking and it's all and it's all because the vehicle is way more it makes it more of a stable tow vehicle thanks to the big giant battery yeah <laughs> and it's low uh center of gravity like d- down below um, I even took the Hummer and just pulled the camper back to, uh, storage. It didn't do any tests or anything like that, but just pulled it back there and you absolutely cannot feel anything. Yeah. Like it was crazy and, you know, should have put stabilizers on there, but I didn't. I just hooked it up cause it's a couple miles yeah. down the road and I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And it, it was blowing pretty good and like. I just, you know, and it, it's because it weighs even 2,000 more pounds than the R1T or the Lightning. Yeah. And so, like... It, it weighs more than the camper itself, which is a huge, I think for stability-wise, is a big factor in right. feeling secure going down the road. And, and we saw that switch when we switched to an F350. We were like, oh, this is so much better. And I, it was not anything other than the fact that it just weighed more than our... Uh, lighter vehicles like our you know f f-150 that we had or our we've towed we've towed with a an escalate we've towed with an f-150 we've towed with a excursion we've towed with a ram 25 we've towed with a lot of different vehicles and i i can't even remember them all <laughs> the, the, the model x the rivian the lightning the, the r1s soon the hummer yeah so you know and so i Ever since we started towing, I think I had an inkling when we started towing with the Model X that there was something different about the EVs. But I think what I really realized that I think there's going to have to be a different set of rules for EVs or like we're going to have to come up with some, maybe not a different set of rules, but like, a, a like okay, here's the baseline, but an EV can, you know, blah, blah, blah if they have proper brakes and and that type of a thing. But when we towed with the Rivian for the first time, I think that's when I really was like, this is insane how stable this is. Um, Because it's comical. The size of the Rivian compared to our our 30-foot Airstream is comical, right? Like it looks, it does not look like it should be able to tow it. But yet it tows it better than any other vehicle that we've ever had. So it's like, and that's when I started to think, you know, and I do think it has to do with the batteries. And so maybe they have to beef up, beef up the suspension to up the payload capacities. But then I think that they can tow, uh, you know. It would have to be tires. Yeah, all of that stuff. When I say suspension, I'm grouping tires <laughs> into it. Um, which, you know, the one other thing... Um, that I that I wanted to say just slipped my mind as I said the other thing that I wanted to say. So I'm sure it'll come back to me and I'll rudely interrupt you <laughs> when I remember what it was. But 
um i you know i i just i think that it's such a it's such a different ball game like yeah. and so that is an argument for the bigger battery packs right like be able to tow farther mm -hmm. the stability of the vehicle when you have that in there charging um infrastructure yeah the current charging infrastructure public charging um tesla people sorry <laughs> we know yours is superior we know we know we've been there we miss it okay <laughs> it's been funny with the hummer um it, it totally brings out the tesla uh fan voice <laughs> it does. girls and starts hating on it and yeah i i'm trying to still dial in like what it is that they don't like about it it's inefficient it's not you know it's not saving the earth because it's just it's just massively inefficient i think that's what it is and uh but they haven't said that no well i've heard it a couple times okay. like not to us but like when i watched other or seen other stuff on the hummer ev yeah i don't think it's safe no i don't think the no. cyber truck will save no to be honest uh, let's be honest is any of it really saving the earth no like better air quality yeah that's what that's that's the biggest thing that's happening right now again in the current state in let's the, go yeah. back yes yeah. saving your current, current state, state. yeah because we we're not running on renewables. No. Or, you know, we haven't figured out that technology 100%. Batteries are not being recycled as much as they need to be, like all that stuff. You know, we're unfortunately, you know, having to destroy some parts of the earth to get mm -hmm. the uh, the material for these batteries. Yeah. But we're doing the same thing with oil and gas, too. We're yes. just hoping that you know, we can get to the point where we're recycling batteries and able to reuse them um, more efficiently than we can with, you know, gas and diesel vehicles. And then also go to renewable energy where, you know, we're using what's already uh, provided to us, wind, so, uh, solar, those sorts of things. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I didn't mean to... <laughs> Go down that rabbit hole. That's a whole gonna, other podcast. <laughs> Someone's gonna call us out. No, they will. They will. And yeah. So that it'll be interesting that the longer that we own the Hummer to see what the you know Tesla fanboys and girls don't like about it. And the yeah, the funny thing is, is like you know we love all EVs. Like we would love to have a. You know, a Tesla that uh, can tow our 30-foot Airstream. Yeah. I mean, we thought about, like, doing an Andy style yeah. where we get a Model S. Go back and watch that. I think it's podcast number five, or listen to that, podcast yeah. number five. Where he tows a similar Airstream yep. with his Model S. Yeah. And that would be cool, but, you know, we're also trying the current vehicles that are on the market, uh, bringing new information so then... You know, you can do with it whatever you want with it. And yeah. so I think that, you know, when the Cybertruck comes out, like, I would love to get one. We're know? pretty low on the list, though, so yeah. it's just going to be, it's just going to be the thing. And, you know, uh, I think that the biggest, the biggest piece of the puzzle is that we have to have a variety of EVs because not everybody likes the same stuff, Right. And the Rivian is still the R1T, I should say, because we I gotta remember we got two. The R1T is still 
my favorite, quite possibly my favorite vehicle that we've ever owned. Probably not the same story for Steve, but for me, I love, I love the speed. I love the off-road, the adventure piece of it. Like it does feel like it's ready for you to go on an adventure at any point. I love all of that about it. But as it sits right now, and I, we haven't lived with it for very long, so maybe it's still the honeymoon phase, but the Hummer may be my second favorite vehicle we've ever owned because I am a girl. I'm a summer girl, right? I love driving with the windows down um, and to, to be able to take the sky panels. I call them the right thing. Did you catch that? Let's call them T-tops. <laughs> to be able to take the sky panels off roll that back window down, let the sun get on me, like drive around on warm summer nights. I think I'm going to be in love with that truck over the summer. And yeah, uh, like I, and I'm also a big vehicle person. I love big vehicles. I mean, from the first chance I had, I mean, I got a little Ford Escape when I got my first like real job so that I could get just a little bit bigger vehicle than the little, you know, cars that I had been driving around. And then from there, I went up to a Yukon, and then it was a, uh, well, we did like a minivan and some things that we don't want to talk about in life. <laughs> but then it was a, you know, Escalade XL, you know, like that's not what they call it, but the, you know, extended Escalade. Yes. I, yeah, ESV, there you go. I love a big vehicle. So, you know, and so we have to have those options out there for people that love big vehicles, that love something different, that, because not everybody is going to love a Tesla. I And I do, I really did like our Model X as well, you know, but it's, you have to have different things. They can't, all EVs can't be Teslas <laughs> if we're going to, you know, make the, make the switch. Yeah. So let's go to the charging infrastructure. We talked about how you necessarily, you, you do need bigger battery packs with the public charging do you think that teslas need bigger battery packs like the cyber truck that uh potentially is going to have they say it's going to have over 500 miles yeah i'm assuming it's going to need to be 180 to 220 kilowatt hour battery pack so it's going to need to be pretty large does tesla need that since their infrastructure is pretty good i mean they're building another one here in lincoln nebraska version three <laughs> like i we go to the one up north and there's barely anybody there i'm like why are we building another one we've we've contemplated doing a series of shorts on just like every time we drive by the tesla supercharger to document that there is no one there so, <laughs> whenever we go so that's how building another and they're building another one <clears throat> By Runza, so if you go to that, oh yeah, Runza, that's you, Nebraska. Thing. You do, do not be scared by the name. I had a roommate in college that was always <laughs> like, "I am never gonna eat at Runza." Are you kidding me? No, go eat at Runza. It's delicious. Get yeah. the get the frings, their fries and onion rings, and get the French onion dip to dip them in. Yeah. There's our two cents, and then choose whatever else from the menu. Yeah. Their their go to thing is the their Runza sandwiches yeah. that are like enclosed little things, fresh baked bread that goes around it's so good but i digress so the the tesla network is better way better but but <laughs> there are still places where there's big gaps so so if you want to fill those gaps for a tesla 
you and I'm talking I'm getting remote here like I'm talking like going to Alaska you know that type of a thing but there are still gaps where you do need more range to make those though to make those spots especially if you're going to be towing and you know the cyber truck can do that so you know I but is it necessary too well, you're asking an RVer that wants to go to Alaska. So, yes, yes, it's necessary. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I mean, I, th- I think that they've right now. somewhat proved it. Yeah. That it isn't as necessary because they have smaller battery pack cars that road trip perfectly fine. Yeah. You just maybe have to stop a little more often. It goes back to what you were talking about where, you know, you get to this point where it's, you know, the charging infrastructure works so well and you're able to charge so fast that you only have to, you know, stop a certain yeah. amount of times. Uh, well, for a certain amount of time. And so, you know, I I struggle with that. I, it's probably not necessary, even if you are to. Like current day, you, yeah. you still think, yeah. Because... They so the uh, us poor suckers just have to stop and charge at a campground or whatever if we get a stretch that we can't make it. Poor suckers, towing like you know. So like if we if you had a Tesla, you could get to most places. I understand towing Alaska. Yes, I understand Alaska is very rough, <laughs> but I think that you know. Yeah. Uh, like, that's not necessary. How many people go to Alaska? It's all retired people and they buy an EV. Somebody please correct him. <laughs> tell, tell us that you're a retired person with an EV. No. Um, okay. It's probably not necessary. Not because it's necessary. a small group of people that RV yeah. on a tow and a, with an electric vehicle. Which we love those people because that's us, but it's not necessary if you're not towing at all. No, not if you're not towing. But you know, and it's even smaller group than wants to go to Alaska. So, like, what? Because very American, very American of me. But I wanted to work for me, so then therefore it's necessary. Okay, this word necessary is. I know he he does not like the the word necessary, but again, I'm thinking like adoption wise and getting the masses to do this, getting the masses to move to EVs, which we're already like starting to see. I just saw um, Inside EVs, I believe it was, posted an article that four out of ten drivers are considering an EV for their next electric vehicle. That's hu- that's a huge number. That's a big yeah. switch. So. You know, it's, I'm thinking in terms of, like, necessary for adoption, necessary for current, for current, the way it's currently set, even with the Tesla charging network. If you're towing, like, if you're doing worst case scenario, right, like, I think that they're still necessary. I don't think they will be necessary in the future. Where that point comes, I don't. I don't know, but I think that it, you know, eventually will not be necessary. But right now, as it sits today, I think it is. So if 
we had a cyber truck that had a let's say it's a 125 kilowatt hour battery pack let's say it's same efficiency as the r1t but we could charge on the tesla charging network and the nice thing about teslas are you can also charge on the public you can so like would you feel like there's very many places besides alaska which we have mapped it out. You can do it. You do have to stop at some campgrounds. But besides Alaska, do you feel like there's very many places that we couldn't go? No. We'd go to South Dakota like we want to. Yeah. Only public charging, you can't. No. Uh, with R1T. What about Wyoming? Wyoming, <laughs> they have Tesla superchargers. We can make it to that Airstream rally super easy. So, excuse me, Elon, we're going to need to borrow a cyber truck <laughs> around June. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they produce them, which is, you know, that's the only comeback when somebody's like, oh, the Omer EV is not going to be as great as a cyber truck. Well, yeah, it's on the on road. Paper. It's in my garage. Or so the R1T or the Lightning, which is a valid response. It it's is. like, okay. Yeah, great. You're talking about this vehicle that's supposedly going to come out, and I think it is. Like, don't give me a wrong. I think they're getting close. Like, yeah. looking at the pictures and stuff. Yeah, you know, I my assumption is this is going to be very little this year. Oh yeah, no. I hope to. Like, I would love it, and I hope that somebody reaches out to us, like especially with the Hummer EV, so we could do some comparisons. That would be so awesome. Tug yeah. of war. <laughs> Tug of war. <laughs> yeah, if you're one of the first people to get a Cybertruck, you got to call us yeah, up because <laughs> yeah. we need to do some things with that. Yeah. But it it is, it's, I think that that's, it, it's just such a hard question to answer, though, because there's so many factors that go into it. it you know, when we're talking about you know, if we're talking about the environment and all that, like all of these things, like, no, it's not necessary. But again, for the adoption and all of that piece, I do think that we have to have them to, to push past this point of the EV switchover. Yeah, I agree with that. So. But I still don't like this word necessary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. That should uh, be the title, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Steve ain't so heard necessary. Because I know how I grew up. There was a lot of only necessary stuff. About yes, yes. And, uh, you know, that was very bare minimum. And yeah. my life currently is a lot of unnecessary stuff. Yes. Um, and I love my life. But... So needs versus wants types of a, a thing. So we don't need a bigger battery pack. We want a bigger battery pack to make it easier to do the things. So that's where you're hung up on the the word necessary. Because, like, do you necessarily have to get there an hour earlier? No. No. There's most of the time you don't have to. No. Like, you know, I understand. Maybe sometimes there are, but, you know, why are you towing a camper if you got to get there an hour earlier? (laughs) True. (laughs) True. You know, so, like... Anyways, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. You know, do I, you know, necessarily have to, you know, eat steak? No. <laughs> I grew up, like, my 
my parents would get a steak and I would eat ham and my family would eat hamburger. That was a nice meal for my family. Yes. So like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I know. These are not necessary. It's not necessary. But what is necessary is for you to go find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever it's at, and follow us, subscribe, whatever the button says in your in your podcast uh, app that you use. Do that. Go over and leave us a comment on um, the podcasts as well. Um, it, it, you know, through Spotify, this, that, or the other thing, wherever you can leave comments, um, reviews, that type of a thing for the podcast, because um, we would love for more people to start seeing this in the podcast cast realm. Thank you to everybody that watches it on YouTube. Yes, thank you. We love that you guys jump on and watch it, but we also want to grow it in, in that realm as well so that we can reach more people. And, uh, help them with their transition to EVs or give them the courage to take off and go tow in their camper this summer or tow in their camper, tow their camper with their EVs this summer. Um, so be sure to, to do all that stuff um, and catch us back here next week. Yep. Comment necessary down below. See you guys. <laughs> Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Find all of our show notes at allelectricfamily.com slash allelectricconversations. Be sure to connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at All Electric Family. Find us on Twitter as All Electric Fam. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this story, please be sure to share it and hit that subscribe button. Leave a review and help inspire others to hit the road. Until next time, stay charged.